You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Got a good friend of mine in the studio with me today, Gray Williams. Thanks for coming in. Always glad to be here. We've got a cool program. We are Canada's number one tech radio program, as uh, I, I remind you on a daily basis. We're going to be talking to Intel. They've released some new mobile processor processors. And I know, processors, who cares? Well, if you've got a laptop that's like four or five years old, listen in. There's like been huge advancements in mobile technology and laptop laptop technology. And I'm telling you, you know, if you've got like a five-year-old laptop and you try one of these new new ones, it, it is like night and day different as far as the speed and what you can do with it. So we're going to tell you what all of that means and some of the things that you should be looking for. We're also going to be, of course, talking about AI because why not? Well, you know, because it's our world now. So we hear a lot about ChatGPT. Google has announced their own version, Google Bard. We'll give you details on that. And of course, Microsoft, where do they fit in all of this? They've made a big investment into ChatGPT and they're incorporating it into their tools. So it's going to be incorporated into Microsoft Office. It's going to be, if not already, incorporated into their Microsoft Edge browser and their Bing search engine. I know, Bing, it's back, baby. <laughs> the call's coming from inside the house. AI is everywhere. Let's talk about some of the, the tech news. This is one story we're going to talk a little bit more about on the app show uh, tomorrow. But Netflix has made a change. And we talked about this on the program, I think a week ago, uh, how Netflix was changing. And I was a little concerned because maybe, oh, I thought maybe I jumped the gun on that because I didn't know when it was going to happen. So in Canada and a few other countries like Australia, New Zealand, if you have people sharing your password, those days are over. I got the email. You got the email. I got the email on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I might be one of those folks because we all used to live in the same house, myself, my wife, of course, and our three kids, but two of them have moved out. They're still sharing that password. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. Well, the 4K bundle is worth it when you've got that many people using it. Yes. I'm paying 4K for me right now. Just yourself. Just me. My parents are on it. They're in Ontario. Come on, Netflix. Really? Well, so here's the thing. If you've got a standard or a premium account, you and I've got the premium, right? Uh, You can add a a user that's outside of your house. Because I wasn't already paying for four streams. (laughs) I know. I know, right? So if people are sharing your password, they don't live in your house, they don't know. They don't say the mechanics of how they're going to know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be seven ninety nine for that extra user. But here's the rub: if you've got a standard Netflix account, you can only add one more person that's outside your house. If you've got the premium, two. So how much are we paying monthly for the premium? I think it's like eighteen ninety nine, something like that. Somewhere up there, right? Yeah. Well, now it sucks because. I got to add two more and it's seven. So I have the premium. I can add two more, but that's seven ninety nine plus seven ninety nine. That's another $16 a month. I got a theory. Do you? I'm wondering if we can get them to VPN into our house, like, and oh, see if they're, come on. Do, it, they're who, doing it by IP address. We could do it. Who has time? Who has time for this? I don't know. Hugh Jackman and Swordfish. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, you think this will be a backlash? Like, are the other guys going to do it? I'm like t- Disney Plus and I'm tempted to cancel. To are be you honest? Like I, I love my Netflix, but you know what? I'll throw it on for the month that I need it. Watch all their stuff and knock it off. This was the thing. Movie piracy was a customer service issue. 
Netflix solved it. And now they've lived long enough to, be, to become the villain, right? Are they the villain now? They kind of are, right? Keep ratcheting the price up and then you know, we need to find more profit. So we're going to dig into every little bit to find every little coin in the corner. Come on, guys. $18.99 a month for, you know, me and my mom and dad. That's not enough. You're well, killing me. I, you know, there's news now saying that the streaming boom has come to an end. You know, Disney's announced that they're laying off 7,000 people. They only added 200,000 subscribers in the U.S. and Canada, I think, in the past month or so, which I guess isn't enough. It's crazy. It's, it's saturated. Don't you find it's getting saturated now? There's a lot of competition. There is. I mean, Disney is a fantastic C- Cable never looks so good, right? <laughs> you know, there's the whole, uh, what do they call them again? Commercials? Yes. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather buy it on iTunes or not watch it at all than watch it on cable, frankly. But like Disney, they've got the menu, the Star Wars, the Bad Batch, all the Marvel stuff. Like there's a lot of value there. Are people not see is, is this just me? Yeah, but you know, for Disney, you got to be into like Disney, like their movies and cartoons. You got to be into Star Wars and you got to be into Marvel. Don't you think? Have you watched the menu? Not yet. That's your homework. Uh, I have a feeling it's about eating people or something, and I just don't want to don't want to know. I'm not even going to say anything. Okay. Contest happening. We are working with TELUS and the Friendly Future Foundation to help kids and others uh, across Canada giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone mm-hmm. and a $500 gift card to your favorite Canadian charity. We're going to tell you what the secret word is later on in the program that gets you 25 extra entries to up your chances of winning. Getconnectedmedia.com. Register for the contest now. There's multiple opportunities to get more entries. You got to do it. When we come back from the break, we got a lot going on in today's uh, program. We're going to talk with uh, the folks at Intel and also all the latest AI updates. Back after this. We're back with the program. Mike Agarbo here. We're broadcasting live across Canada and around the world on our podcast as well. We're going to talk processors uh, now. We've got a great guest on the line, Sam Safe from Intel Canada. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Mike, great to see you again. I'm a big fan and um, really love the way you make technology fun and understandable. So thanks for doing that. And it's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. To your point, share a little bit about the exciting journey that Intel's on as we continue to enrich people's lives with our great technologies. It's been an interesting couple of years for you just with the pandemic and everything. Obviously, uh, you know, you guys sold a truckload (laughs) of chips during the pandemic. Been a bit of a tougher uh, year in 2022? Yeah, 2022 was a a different year. Um, You know, again, um, to your point, right? When you're coming out of a pandemic, um, it's sort of like when the pandemic hit, all bets were off and we just, it's, it's a very different world for us. So, um, so yeah, as we emerge from that, though, we're really excited. We've got a, an amazing portfolio of products and um, just uh, being very, very well received in the market. And um, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And, and, and I can share a little bit about um, uh, our next iteration and how it's being received and some of the great features and benefits that we're bringing to our customers. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the program uh, today. Uh, I was kind of excited uh, about some of the technology you've got in uh, the processors that uh, you've announced uh, that was happening, you know, happened down at CES. So you guys are at the 13th generation Intel Core mobile processors. Uh, for the listeners, yep. like what, what does like the 13th generation mean? Like how often do you come out with a new generation? 
Yeah, so um, generally speaking, we, we tend to see um, generational changes every, call it 18 months or so. Um, and so 13th gen is, as you pointed out, the latest iteration and specifically what we talked about at CES. And um, I was there and got to see it all unfold in, a, in an amazing way. Um, but really uh, what we talked about and we focused on were um, the 13th gen Intel core mobile processor family. So I think last time you and I chatted, we were talking about our desktop uh, family of yeah. products. 13th gen as well and this is just the continuation of all that goodness and um, we were able to show the world how these processors enable great mobile performance and experiences and um, specifically at CES we got to showcase our core i9 13980HX which is the first 24 core processor for a laptop and it's the world's fastest mobile processor so um unparalleled gaming performance, enhanced connectivity, just a really uh, amazing experience for mobile users. And so, that's just one processor, right? Yeah, so. I just want to drill down on that just because, you know, the listeners, uh, you know, we're going to talk in some techie terms here. I'm just trying to kind of, um, you know, make it understandable. Uh, 24 cores, like what is the core? What does a core do? So core embedded in the processor itself um, really takes the workload processes instructor instruction sets and um what we've actually brought to the table is is a really unique hybrid architecture where we have what we call performance cores and efficiency cores right and so performance and efficiency together combined allows um, the processor to kind of work very intelligently so when you need that extra horsepower so let's say you're gaming um you're going to need a lot of horsepower when you're browsing or maybe just doing some um, uh, word processor spreadsheets, simpler things like that. You might not need all that horsepower. And so the processor really um, kind of intelligently and intuitively adapts to the workloads. So it's, it's kind of like um, processors on a processor. In a way, yes, yeah. that's right. There you go. So it's a good way of looking at it. So the i9 is, uh, you've got like different levels, like i3s, i5s, i7s. i9 is kind of like at the pinnacle, the top for, for people that need like, like high performance in a laptop. Like yes. gamers, you said, definitely, obviously, because they're like just taxing every, you know, bit of juice they can out of that. Correct. Yeah, you're right. But the beauty of what we bring uh, to the table with 13th Gen um, is there's something for everybody, right? So every usage model, every budget. Um, so to your point, i3, i5, i7, i9. Um, so really, again, depending on um, what your specific requirement is and how you use your PC, there is uh, there is an Intel processor for everyone. And so how often, you know, we, we always, I always have to ask you, Sam, like how often yep. should someone replace their laptops? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I don't know that there's a one-size-fits-all answer to that, but generally speaking, um, you know, the, the window that we typically look at is sort, sort of that three-year, maybe five years uh, if you're not um, sort of a, a hardcore user. Um, certainly gamers, uh, hey, listen, you, 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 can't, you can't give them enough speed and horsepower, so they will want to change... Pretty much every generation 
Um, so they're changing inside of that three-year window. But I, I think for me personally, that uh, three-year refresh cycle is probably about the right place. Just want to talk about Evo uh, as well. We've spoken about this before. You know, I think for listeners, when they go into uh, you know a Staples uh, or a Best Buy, they're going to see that Evo logo on a lot of laptops. Why is that important mm. for people to understand? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question because Evo Evo is actually a pretty significant quantum leap. Um, so first of all, you know. Um, we did introduce the new Intel Evo laptop specification also at CES. And I, I want to be clear, it's a specification. It's a, it's, it's really a validation process. Um, what the table, so like what's in it for you and me, what it brings to the table is, um, a, a, I really, um, for me, there are three of them that kind of stand out. Uh, first of all, no compromise mobile performance and that means you know these devices are verified they're they're tested to deliver consistent responsiveness um, while unplugged even um, so they provide longer real world battery life instant wake fast charge so that's one thing second pillar that i point to is intelligent collaboration so um very um uh, like a, a much more superior um, video conferencing experience that leverages technologies like Intel connectivity performance suite and um, Intel Bluetooth audio. So it's a much higher fidelity, much higher level of performance than in previous generations of laptops. And then finally, and this is the one that really gets me kind of going. So um, bear with me, but we've introduced a technology that we call Intel Unison on select designs. And Unison is an amazing, seamless, multi-device experience enabling text messages, phone calls, um, phone notifications, and file transfer from your PC to an Android or iOS-enabled phone. So really amping up activity that you have come to love with Intel laptops. So let me get that straight. Um, this Unison feature works on all the phones out there, whether it's an Android, like a Samsung phone or an iPhone. That's correct. That's correct. It, it's, so wrap your head around that for a little bit, right? No, that I'm, is, yeah, now. An amazing thing. Yeah, as you can imagine, I've got several <laughs> laptops being the, the tech guy. Um, yep. It And listeners need to understand that. I'm like, right now I'm doing this Zoom call with you on, I think it's like an HP laptop and I just love it, but it's like five years old. When you move from like a five-year-old laptop to one of these newer Evo laptops, you know, people are thinking, well, I, I'm fine. It's five years old, but I'm just, you know, web browsing, doing some word processing, maybe doing a bit of uh, work on some on photos. It's, it's a night and day difference when you go to one of these new laptops, just like the power and the, and the speed uh, on them. And, and even think just with the Wi-Fi, having that, you know, the Wi-Fi 6E standard as well, just like how fast everything works. Like uh, I... I have a hard time going back to this old five-year-old laptop. It's kind of my, it's kind of my, like my, my, my radio zoom <laughs> laptop. Okay. So, so, so this is the part of the program where I tell you, Mike, you need to get a new laptop. I do. I it, do. It's time. Yeah. It's time. And by the way, um, on my side, I don't mean to brag, but I'm doing this call on an Intel Evo, uh, laptop. Yeah. And of course you are yeah. an amazing experience, <laughs> right? It's an amazing experience. And I, and honestly, um, you know, um, 
I'll, I'll sometimes I'll unplug for several hours. I'll be out on the road. I'll just whip open my notebook and boom, I'm on. I'm ready to go. Okay, so right. that's that's where I'm dying right now because this laptop that uh, that I'm using for the radio show here, if I unplug it, um, and sometimes I have to, I'm honestly it's like two two and a half hours of battery life, and it, that just yep. kills me. And you know, with these new ones, like you're saying, like it's all day, and that's not like, you know, it's the truth. <laughs> like you can go no, all day and and into the night with them on that battery. Absolutely. 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 And that's, uh, again, you know, we really, we really, <laughs> we thrive when we're driving great experiences for our customers. That's part of it, right? Being able to go out um, at length and not worry about, oh, gee, I got to plug in or I got to, right? So just, just the sense of being untethered and, and not having to worry about your, your, your uh, battery consumption. We're talking uh, with our good friend uh, Sam over at uh, Intel all about uh, the latest uh, updates to the uh, the mobile side of uh, their processors and also that Evo standard, which, you, you know, if you go into any computer store, you're going to see that on uh, select laptops. And I, I kind of like that, that standard, Sam, because it just kind of makes it easier for consumers. You know what I mean? Because there's so many specs in these things now, uh, at least with, you know, that Evo sticker on there, you know that it's kind of state of the art and it's kind of combining all the technologies to work properly together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? So you bring up a couple of really good points in there. So first of all, like you always do, by the way, so thank you. But first of all, this is um, a certification process. It's a a specification process, right? So we're going to have, um, you know, multi multiple PC manufacturers who will submit their designs for that certification to get that badge, right? And not all of them are going to be, you know, not all of them are Evo devices. So we have a very stringent process that we apply. That's point one. So to your to your earlier point, you know, you have that comfort level of knowing when you see that Evo badge on a notebook it's it's had to it's had to uh, live up to some pretty stringent um uh specifications but the other thing that i found really interesting in your comment i'm glad you brought this up is that evo isn't just about the pc um so you know we we have a whole ecosystem that's being developed and is is actually in market right now um you know so the evo experience doesn't just stop at the pc the engineered for Intel Evo program extends um, those same standards, those high standards of verification and co-engineering to even accessory partners. So you're gonna be seeing things like Thunderbolt 4 docks, monitors, storage and wireless headsets, um, new accessories like mice, keyboards, access points, uh, from key partners that are going to be part of that Evo program and that Evo spec. So it really is a holistic approach. It's not just, here's your notebook, have fun. It's everything. We've been talking with Sam Safe uh, over at Intel about all the uh, the latest updates on their mobile processors. Uh, uh, you know, if you've been holding on to a laptop for four, five, six years, you don't know what you're missing on, on some of these new ones. Sam, uh, I want to thank you again for joining the program. Mike, it's a pleasure. It's always great to be with you. And uh, thank you again for, for having me on the program and for all that you do for, for us as, as a technology industry. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned.
You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Gray Williams today. Don't forget to enter our amazing contests. Uh, we're joined with TELUS and the Friendly Future Foundation. They are helping us give away a Samsung Galaxy S22. Nice. Right? Well worth over $1,000. Beautiful phone. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the camera's fantastic. And uh, also, the winner of the contest also gets a $500 charity gift card that they can give to Canadian charity of their choice. That's a nice touch. It, it really is. And I'm going to tell you how to get extra entries. The secret word is STEAM, S-T-E-A-M. And if you uh, go to our website, and of course you've got to enter, register for the contest, and then on a weekly basis we're going to be giving these secret words and other ways you can get more entries. This will get you 25 extra entries. And the reason the word is STEAM is uh, because the University of Ottawa's engineering department has been putting on STEAM workshops uh, for, God, a few decades now. It's purpose to teach and inspire students to pursue education and hopefully a career in science, technology, engineering, and math. Hence the word or acronym STEAM. Uh, the team also launched something called a Maker Mobile program that was able to put on over 1,300 workshops in schools across the province. The hands-on experience, equipped with the latest technologies, was uh, very popular with uh, kids of all ages. Unfortunately, the pandemic temporarily, temporarily put an end to those engagements. However, thanks to a grant from the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation, the workshops were rebooted virtually and, became, er, and began teaching digital skills, technology, literacy, and even coding. So again... Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. The secret word for the contest this week is STEAM, S-T-E-A-M. You put that in, you get 25 extra entries. Nice. For a fantastic contest. We're going to talk artificial intelligence, as we do weekly now, because it is changing so fast. Uh, you know, I think we said last week, ChatGPT, which is kind of the, the darling of AI right now, it's a language AI model. Uh, fastest growing technology reached 100 million users within two months. That's kind of scary. Yes. Yeah. Have you, you've used it? I do. Yeah. yeah. So I've actually got the uh, macOS ChatGPT uh, menu bar option. So it's just hanging out in the top right hand corner of the scene of my computer. It feels like there's a ghost up there. A, a ghost up there. I, I can't tell you how great it's been. I, I needed to write a job description for a new uh, posting and I got it to write one. Hmm. I mean, it's not like Obviously, you want to customize it. And you could use it to keep customizing it, but it saved me, like, honestly, 90% of the work. Yeah. So I was looking at this the other day to write a script. I was writing a script for a, a quick video that I was putting together, putting together. And so I thought I would take all the details that I had in my script and throw them at ChatGPT. It's not bad, but my job's not at risk yet. No? No. 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 It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. But it is amazing how good it really is. Now, here's the nice thing. If you, if you didn't have that skill, it would get you a whole lot closer to the pen. Yes. So for, for brainstorming, ideating, absolutely. This is, this is a, a huge tool for a lot of people. For specialists out there, you're safe for now. For now. Yeah. So there's, there's competition happening, right? I mean, the other guys, the Googles and Microsofts are not sitting still uh, in this world. Google has announced Bard, I guess, like Shakespeare. Is yeah, that Bard it? AI. Yeah. So... <laughs> I think they're a little freaked out. I think this is the biggest threat to their business ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing here is that Google has been beaten to the punch, kind of, because we've been training Google's AI for years. So that's the thing to know here, right, Gray, is that Google is heavy into AI. It's just not releasing any kind of consumer-facing tools that we can use. And the reason they gave for that is because these tools... 
can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Right. When you're looking at voice synthesis tools, um, uh, Microsoft's got one called Bally, which they said is like you, you need three seconds of audio to produce a replicable voice. So if they had three seconds of my voice, where would they get that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could be out of a job. Right. And so, you know, that with, between that and say ChatGPT or any of these conversational chatbots, they now have something that could perhaps replicate you on a regular basis. So what do we know about BARD so far? So looking at BARD, it's got Google's massive database behind it. And Google is leaning into this heavily. You're right, they got caught on the back foot on this one. But they got the two founders back in again. That's exactly it. This, yeah. this, this looks like all hands on deck, like we're paying attention. The thing is, they do have the data set. And that's going to be the word for 2023 is data set. Because data sets are what power AI. And so Google's taken all of those conversations in Gmail, all of those pictures that you've uploaded to Google Photos, every transcript that's made of all of your YouTube videos. And it's been training this AI for years. Problem was, they didn't have anything that was consumer facing. So it looks like they're on the back foot. This is a big risk to them, but I don't think they are down, nor are they out. Why? They've got all of this work already done. So it's not like, you know, overnight they've got to create their own AI because they've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for years. and But why haven't they released it? Honestly, because you're saying the danger thing again. Well, the danger thing, but also there hasn't really been an application for it, right? We saw ChatGPT kind of pop out. We saw Dolly pop out. It's a very much an emergent disruptive technology. Why does this exist? I don't know, because we could do it. And then people found a reason for it. I think Google is really moving towards using AI for consumers at some point in the near future. But they've been using it. But how far do you think they're, they were out in their minds? I'd say probably a year or two. Oh, really? That, that soon? Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Because of GDPR, right? The general data privacy protections in the EU. Yeah. They've had to scale back all of the data gathering that they were doing on individual consumers. Instead, they replaced it with AI. So all of but AI needs data sets. But that's the thing. They have those data sets. Okay. And they've been using that for things like Google Ads, trying to, to gauge relevance. So all of the things that, before, that they used to have data for before, where they would pull actual consumer data, they're now using AI to predict trends. So they were using AI, just not for us, for them. So now, basically, it looks like AI is the big thing for consumers. They're rolling it out to us. It's going to be a fun battle to watch, for sure. But what I find interesting here... Gray, I mean, competition always heats things up further. I mean, ChatGPT was just ama an amazing technology revolution. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we haven't really seen anything to that degree. It wasn't like an evolution. I know it is an evolution, right? But to us, normal humans, like it just kind of popped up and like changed the world. This is the very definition of a disruptive technology. This is an inflection point or an infraction point if you watch Glass Onion. But looking at this, this is this moment. Like we have these moments, you know, every decade or so. 2007, the iPhone, right? 2023, 2022, 2023, we've got AI. And this is going to change how we do things. Absolutely, like we did not see this coming because this was a number of different projects pulling from a bunch of different technologies. You know, I've got an, uh, I've got an NVIDIA Jetson at home. It's a little computer, but its whole purpose is to train neural nets. Basically, it's an, it's an educational tool to learn about this stuff. And so you can create this stuff at home. It can run things like ChatGPT locally. Now, that seemed like a big deal last year, but now I've got it on my iPhone and the menu bar of my Mac. Like this stuff is going to be everywhere. And Microsoft is even putting it right into Bing. Well, so that's kind of the interesting thing, right, Gray? Uh, like Microsoft's jumping into this uh, as, as well. And 
that's something I want to talk about. But we're going to take a quick break here uh, on uh, Get Connected. And again, don't forget to enter our contest at www.getconnectedmedia.com. Giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. This thing's worth well over $1,000. And also a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite charity. Canadian charity. It can't be you, (laughs) unless you're like the Canadian Cancer Society or or what have you. Uh, And this is all courtesy of of our our good friends over at TELUS's Friendly Future Foundation that are just doing some amazing work uh, to to help our communities here in Canada. Again, getconnectedmedia.com is the place to go. And the secret word this week, and you want this because it gets you 25 you hear me? 25 extra entries into the contest. So it kind of helps up your chances. And if you go to the website, there's other ways you can get more entries uh, as well. So the secret word, STEAM, S-T-E-A-M. We're going to have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about AI. And we've talked about Google, but we're also now going to talk about Microsoft, who are betting big and kind of in bed with the chat GT chat gpt folks and we'll tell you how that all factors into what they're doing you're listening to get connected here on the chorus radio network back after this you're back with get connected mike agarbo here got gray williams with me today uh we've been having a conversation about uh, ai artificial intelligence we've been talking a lot about chat gpt over the past several weeks now it's kind of transformed the landscape uh, we just talked about Google, BARD. That's their kind of version of uh, their AI technology or their name for it. We uh, will be checking that out as that becomes available. The other big player, of course, Microsoft. And it looks like they're betting on the open AI folks, the people behind uh, Dolly and ChatGPT. And from what I understand now, Microsoft's built ChatGPT into their Bing search engine and their Microsoft Edge browser. They have, and it's a kind of a cool union of, union of technology. ChatGPT isn't designed for search, it's designed for conversation. So taking the power of Bing and merging it with ChatGPT through a tool they're calling Prometheus, you're able to get that search engine type query and actually get results that, that are correct. <laughs> Unlike Bing now? I didn't say that. <laughs> well, it's hard, Gray. Uh, I use Google. I think most people use Google. The stats show that yep. as well. Uh, I always feel like m- upset if I somehow accidentally end up on Bing or the Microsoft Edge browser, which is powered by Bing. Uh, and again, for those that don't know what Bing is, and th- there's probably a lot out there, it is Microsoft's version of Google. And it's never really hit its stride. It's never been as powerful and as intuitive and easy to use as Google. Well, it's hard to be because when you take a look at Google's network of spiders, of their their analysis, looking at all the things that they do to sort of find searchability and findability, merging that with their ad network, Google's, they are the 800-pound gorilla. Microsoft's really never been able to catch up. They needed some sort of rocket fuel to get past it. This could be it. Microsoft has invested $10 billion into OpenAI, again, the company behind ChatGPT and an image, text-to-image uh, engine called Dolly. So what does this mean now? Like, so what are we seeing? So it's built into Bing. Are the searches better? 
So what we're seeing so far is yes. So this is actually better than ChatGPT because it's the next version of that under the hood. We're also being able to use um, like regular language to search for things that actually does find things and being able to follow up on searches by, by refining it with natural language as well. Which is, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, this could really change things unless Google gets their, <laughs> their act together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, then sort of this is what I was saying is that Google has kind of been using this internally for themselves. And looking at that and looking at how Google search has been ahead, this may be one of the reasons why. So right now, this is an arms race. Um, you know, Microsoft really great shot across the bow with publicity here. They kind of came out of the gate going, look at what we've done. It's interesting to think because, you know, Meta has had chatbots for almost a decade that had very similar language skills to ChatGPT, but we didn't really recognize it because it's like we were chatting with a company as opposed to chatting with And a how thing. many people are using the chatbots? Uh, more than more than I'd like to admit, but fewer no. than they need. Yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't be using those chatbots. That was kind of a, a help thing, a support yes. thing, right? Yeah. You're not using, hey, uh, Facebook chatbot, can you write me my essay? No. Which is interesting because you think like Meta was looking for that silver bullet of what to do next. It was there all along and they missed it. <laughs> So yeah, this just, again, begs the question, how worried should Google be about Microsoft and Bing, this integration? Looking at Microsoft, I mean, they've got massive data centers all over the world. So they've got the same sort of iron that Google does. They've now got this tool with ChatGPT. They've got public opinion on their side. Google's really got to come out with something that is splashy and cool and better in order to kind of catch up in this race. This is not done. And it's not even, this hasn't, hasn't even started. Google should be scared because that's how we like our companies. We want competition to keep them on their toes. The question that I have right now is, where's Siri and Apple? Uh, right? Mm. What is Apple going to do? I don't know. Do they I, need to do anything? I asked Siri. She couldn't tell me. No. <laughs> Can I just give a pro tip to the listeners out there? Uh, so I've been using ChatGPT a lot, as have, you know, literally hundreds of millions of people now. It gets busy sometimes. Have you ever been to the... I have. I've had the busy tone. Yes. So basically sometimes, especially it seems to be in the evening or later parts of the day, it just says it's busy and, you know, it'll alert you, send you an email when it's ready. I found, so I typically would go to their website, the OpenAI website through like Chrome. I found on Windows, if you use the Microsoft Edge browser, got through every single time. Ooh. I wonder why. Man. It feels like there was a lawsuit about this at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so I've tried this numerous times because like every day I'm using it. So I, I get busy signals all the time in Chrome. And so if I'm on a Windows machine, I just go to Microsoft Edge. Every Never once have I had to wait for uh, anything. So again, pro tip for the Windows users out there that want to use ChatGPT, the Microsoft Edge browser is uh, it's kind of the way to go. Sneaky. I like it. So I want to talk about another thing about AI. And so a lot of the education side of the, the world here, the schools, the universities, as you can imagine, are concerned about the tool and how students are, are using it. I was going to say are going to use it. They are using it. I've talked to a number of students. They are all using it. Yeah. And so open AI uh, obviously wanting to be on the right things of, of this, I'll call it war. <laughs> Revolution. Revolution. They came out with a chat GPT detector tool 
on February 1st hmm. called AI Classifier. Okay. So the idea is it uh, was trained to distinguish between AI written and human written text. So apparently if you run, if you've done something in chat GPT, let's say you've done an essay on penguins hmm. and you then take that and you run it through this tool, I guess copy and paste it in there. It's supposed to tell you if it was AI written or human written. Interesting. But here's the thing. <laughs> I think it's still in its early stages uh, because, uh, you know, some of the tests uh, on here uh, so far, Mobile Syrup uh, reported this. They found that the classifier correctly identified only 26% of AI written text. Ooh. Not good enough. <laughs> What's worse, it incorrectly labeled human written text as AI written text 9% of the time. I have seen that before. You know, it sounds a little robotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's mostly my, my writing. <laughs> so, I mean, in your thoughts on that, like, you think they can, I mean, that's going to be an ongoing war as well. Right? Yeah. Because they're going to come up with these tools that can detect AI, but the AI engines are just going to get smarter. Like you can even tell chat GPT to write whatever you're writing so that AI can't detect it. This reminds me of that episode of Star Trek where they got somebody to beat data and it turned out to be Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Like just, you know, something like that. I mean, looking at this, the question is, what skill are we trying to teach kids when we are having them do these assignments? Is it the ability to research? Is it the ability to compose? Is it the combination thereof? Because when you think about it, do you remember your math teacher when you were a kid? You're never gonna, you're never gonna carry a calculator with you everywhere you go. Well, I got news for you. Yeah, I've been doing that since 2003. So looking at this, your job in the future may depend on how well you can talk to AI. This may be the skill that we need to teach kids. Writing the, the essay on how to, how to input questions and, and data to get what you need. And interpret that to create something, right? Getting it to write a whole thing on its own, yeah, okay, you're lazy, you cheated, not the thing. But if you're using AI to you know, research, compose, and create, by giving it the right questions to formulate the right answers to get the right text, this is just using another tool. It is a tool, and I think as humans, because we really haven't had enough experience with it yet, it's it's freaking scary. Yeah. So my question to you again here is, is this going to hurt humanity or is it going to propel us to another level from a productivity and intelligence perspective? Let me finish that. Because we can use it, for example, to generate a 3,000-word essay on penguins literally in 20 seconds, uh, will that free me up to better research penguins to get more information to make this thing even more rock solid some lazy people will just take it and like there we go i'm going to submit that i think the smarter ones would hone that that essay down yeah to be perfect would that then give us more time to do better like yeah higher higher function yeah well and that's sort of that's been the point of every major technological improvement in the history of man. it's like computers right yeah. Did computers wipe out humanity? Not yet. Not yet. But, no, <laughs> no, but uh, computers is a tool. Yeah. Along the way, they've uh, computers and processors and that computational ability, there's no question that it's transformed, wiped out entire industries. But it's helped propel us to dizzying new heights. The question that I have, though, is 
when you look at the average workday, the average work week, we're yep. doing way more than we ever did. We're not making more than we ever did. So if this is going to help us, we got to do less and make more. That's going to be the ticket. That's all the time we have left for Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, The App Show, every Sunday. We're going to be talking about Bill C-51, that new bill that's going to regulate the streaming services in Canada. I want to thank Gray for coming in today and all the rest of the folks that helped put the program together. Don't forget to visit the website for the contest, getconnectedmedia.com. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.